always, always right on time, Devil Spidey. How are you, Captain Kirk? Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to everyone. Guy, PyCon, how are y'all? It is Easter Sunday. I hope everyone enjoyed the day with you and yours. No matter uh, what you believe, I think Easter is still a kind of be a fun family day, uh, whether you are more on the religious side or if you are the Easter bunny hunt eggs kind of person. I think either either one, Easter is uh, a special day. I had a nice Easter myself, had a uh, late lunch, dinner, whatever you want to call it, with our daughter and son-in-law. Tomorrow, I do? Huh. Let me take a deep breath, Spidey. Hang on. Okay, maybe I'll be better now. I am old, so that, that could be, just be part of it. I mean, I'm old as hell, so that's probably why I sound out of breath. Bike riding and egg hunting and good food. Doesn't get any better than that, Captain Kirk. It is rabbit season, guy. Lily, uh, you know, which most of you know is one of our, uh, one of our basset hounds. She uh, has killed very many rabbits this year. But uh, she did not kill any rabbits on Easter Sunday, so did not kill the Easter bunny. Uh, I think it would have had to have been, um, I'm going to go with the egg there, Spidey. Really, it snowed up there. Well, PyCon, you are pretty much at the North Pole. So, hey, you were up there, um, right there, you know, you've got Santa pretty much as a neighbor. You're so far north, so I can see it. There you go. There you go. So, um, as always, if you're listening to the show via podcast, please know that you can catch us live at www.twitch.tv forward slash old gen, new gen media. The video on demand or VODs are also there and also on our YouTube which just go to YouTube and search Old Gen, New Gen, and you'll find my face there. Hey, Tukahoon, what's up, buddy? Eyebrows? No, guy. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I kind of went back to the old chat screen for the show to see how I like that. Um, I kind of like it because we have the Old Gen TV here that uh, I can show what we're talking about. Um, you know, instead of switching scenes completely, I thought I'd give this a whirl and see what we think about this. Um, you know, the first thing we're going to dive into is, uh, this rough, rough Outriders launch, uh, which is why I have it up on the screen. I pre-ordered the game because I enjoyed the demo a lot. Um, I have not played one single second of it since launch because I was reading about all of the server problems they were having and uh, I just kind of wanted to wait until they had all that hammered out, ironed out before I tried to play it because I didn't, I just wanted to save myself the frustration, I guess. Uh, this is actually, to have this screen up is the first time I fired up the game since launch. So I may try to play a little bit, um, you know, after stream so we'll see how it goes 
Yeah, I did read today that uh, they finally got everything straightened out. But, I mean, there's some conflicting reports about that, too. I see some people are replying to their tweets saying that they're still having trouble. So, I don't know. Um, but this was really interesting to me. Um, you know, we've kind of gotten used to any new game, especially a server-based game, that every time one launches, they have these troubles, right? People can't log in. Um, you know, the cross-play is a good point. That's a really good point, Spidey, because that was one of the selling points for me because I wanted to be able to play with, uh, you know, my friends that are on Xbox. And, you know, I've heard they've had to disable that in order to get past these troubles. You know, a similar thing happened with uh, Predator Hunting Grounds, if you remember. They also had a pretty rough launch. Oh, you're pull those and uh, thank you for that host. And uh, their cross-play wouldn't work. Because that is uh, not totally cross-play, but it's cross-play between PC and PS4. And that, you know, did not work at launch. And that was one of the reasons why I got that game, was I wanted to be able to play with people, you know, that are on PS4, like the illustrious Stacky. And that didn't work out for us until, you know, much later when they got those ironed out. But, um... You know, although we've kind of gotten used to those problems, this this one kind of caught me by surprise a little bit because, you know, I mean, Square Enix, they're not, you know, a small indie studio, right? I mean, they're they're big. I mean, they're what you would consider a, uh, a triple-A studio. And they did so much, you know, kind of preparation beforehand, beforehand, to, you know, kind of, to me, it seems like they would have been able to gauge how much, you know, interest they would have had, how many players they would have had online, and how much server load and strain they would have had on the servers, because they did that demo, remember? They had that demo where you could play through, you know, the first few missions and get up to level seven, I think. I think I, I played each class during the demo, and I got them up, I think, to level five, but... I think if you really ground it out and did everything that there was to do in the demo, you could get up, you know, a character up to level seven. And, you know, I mean, it seems like they would have been able to gather so much data from that because that's better than, you know, most, most companies do, you know, Hey, Stacky, what's going on, buddy? Most companies do, you know, an alpha, you know, maybe two alphas and then they'll do a beta or maybe two betas for a weekend right i mean the beta weekend has kind of got to be the norm for the industry and uh you know they'll from that they'll kind of judge okay you know we'll think we'll have this many players so you know we'll get our servers ready for this and that's kind of what they shoot for but with you know square enix having this long demo period for outriders it seems like they would have been able to gather all the data that they needed you know, to, uh, you know, coming in to determine how many players they were going to have. But, you know, I kind of have a hot take on this. And, um, you know, my take is this. I think the problems, some of it probably was the cross-play, like Spidey brought up. But I think a lot of it has to do 
with a big, really hyped game like this, server-based, should not be on Game Pass day one. Absolutely should not. Because that puts so much more stress on the servers. People that, you know, would not have bought the game or played the game to begin with, you know, just getting into it because it's on Game Pass, trying it out to see if they like it. Now, I mean, that sounds like a great idea for Square Enix, right? Because, hey, more people are playing the game. But I really think it caused problems this time because it put so much more load on the servers, and that's where a lot of these issues came in. Um, you know, I think, Spidey, that they're trying to do that with a lot of titles now trying to bring them to Game Pass day one to make Game Pass more attractive so they can sell more Game Pass subscriptions, right? Uh, I talked about in a previous show how I think that's bad, uh, you know, for gamers. I think it's bad for the industry long term, uh, you know, mainly because of Microsoft owning and controlling all these studios. And if we end up where they own all the studios and they own all the rights to these games, and then they make them Microsoft exclusives, then that cuts more competition out of the marketplace, and ultimately that's going to end up being bad for the end user, which is, which is the gamer, you know, you and me. Yeah, they will. People will spend money regardless. But, I mean, I kind of look at it this way. Um, I kind of use the example of Assassin's Creed Valhalla for myself. I uh, signed up for Ubisoft Plus just because I wanted to play Valhalla. And I was like, you know, it's $16.99 a month. Um, I'll get to play Valhalla on PC because uh, Ubisoft Plus is only for PC players. And, um, you know, I can play Siege. You know, there's some other stuff on there. Maybe, you know, that Immortal Phoenix Rising, which I thought sucked. But anyway, I got to try that. And I used it, and I played Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Well, after I finished Valhalla, you know, which took, you know, I mean, it's kind of a long game, right? It took a couple months, a good 60 days. Um, you know, so, you know, $16.99, $16.99, we're up, you know, we're north of 30 bucks already, right? Um, another month goes by, another month goes by. I don't play Siege at all. I'm not playing Valhalla anymore. Uh, I tried that Phoenix Rising, which was ass, I thought. So, you know, three, four months go by before I cancel it because I'm like, hell, I'm not even using this. Well, I ended up spending more money in that monthly subscription than if I had just bought Valhalla to begin with. So this whole notion that you know, this subscription service stuff is going to... Exactly. Exactly. That's how they get you. This whole notion that this subscription service stuff is going to, uh, you know, save gamers money. I mean, it's totally not the case. And I don't have Game Pass right now. Um, I have had it in the past. Uh, I don't even have Xbox Live right now. Because Tuesday night... And I, I didn't know even know it had gone out. I haven't played... Uh, xbox in so long but i wanted to play friday the 13th with jiggy on tuesday night 
And he was like, get in here, get in here. You always talk about you're the best Jason ever. Get in here. Well, I booted up my Xbox and uh, got into it, and I realized I didn't have Xbox Live anymore. And he's like, well, sign up for Ultimate and get in here. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to do that because I only ever play on PC now, and I just can't see paying for Live for 60 bucks a year or the, you know, the Ultimate that includes Live just to play Friday the 13th because I, I think I would get into the same situation that I was in with Ubisoft Plus. Like, for example, if I had got it for Outriders, instead of just buying it like I did, I think when I was done with Outriders, I would have just been paying that subscription. And just like I did with Valhalla, I could have just bought the game instead of paying for the subscription and end up paying more. Um, but anyway, I mean, like I said, that's, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's right, Stacky, total elitist, total. Um, so let's talk about the issues that they had a little bit. Um, like I said, I didn't experience them firsthand because I saw everything that was going on and I just kind of waited and I was like, Oh, I just, I don't want to get frustrated. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you on Valhalla. I'll, I'll, remind me to come back to that stack. Cause you, I have kind of the same opinions you did. Um, I mean, there were every issue you can imagine, right? I mean, people couldn't log in. Um, which is, thank you for that host. I mean, which is frustrating, right? I mean, you buy a game, you know, you pay 60 bucks for it. Uh, or, or if you're one of the game pass people we were just talking about and you're paying that subscription and, you know, maybe you weren't going to renew game pass this month, but you went ahead and renewed it and paid for it. Um, because you were going to be able to play outriders day one. Well, outriders comes out, you know, you download it get it installed, go in there, and you can't log in. I mean, uh, that's frustrating, right? Um, and that was, you know, I think their biggest initial problem right there. Um, you know, people that were able to get in, you know, the servers would crash, you know, mid-game. Um, you know, some of the quests um, are on the longer side in outriders there's you know different there's multiple steps to them so they can be you know a little bit longer and if the server crashed people you know of course weren't able to complete the quest um sometimes their progress didn't save and uh, yeah some quests were also bugged good point and you know that's that's incredibly frustrating so like i said i personally have just kind of saved myself that frustration and was waiting until they kind of got everything ironed out. So I'm going to give it a go tonight and uh, see what I think. Um, I, I really enjoyed the demo. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad game. Okay, I want to make that clear. I bought it because I enjoyed the demo a lot. I like that style of game. Um, you know, people compare it to like Gears of Wars and Destiny had a baby. Um and that's kind of right, right? Um, you know, I mean, it, Division Two and Destiny had a baby. I mean, whatever you want to say. I mean, it's it's a you know, it's going to end up being a grindy game. I mean, it just is, right? It's going to be like Destiny. It's going to be like uh, Division Two, where you play quests over and over to level your character up. You know, kind of like Warframe. Um, you know, I mean, I think Warframe sucks. 
But uh, anyway, that's the kind of style it's going to be. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse, Spidey, right? I mean, to come home, you know, or on the weekend doing stuff around the house, trying to get stuff done, you know, and you want to sit down and play a game and chill out. A game that you just bought, try to log in, and it doesn't work. You, know, you can't get logged in, or you're playing through your first quest and it bugs out. Um, you know, which led to the servers being down for extended periods while they were trying to do fixes, right? So now you're into a uh, situation where, you know, the servers are down, so you can't play the game at all. It's not even that you're getting in and you know being able to play a little bit and then you get kicked out uh, that's what we were just talking about uh giant little you know remember they ran the demo period for almost a month right it was a an unlimited demo period where you could play you know a character class and they let you try out every character class and you could play them up to uh level seven yeah for a month and it, yeah, that's what I said earlier. It confuses me too. How with an open demo for one month on all platforms, how are how, how did this happen? It's just, it's so confusing. Now, one thing that Square Enix did say is that once all of this is done uh, and they get past this, they are going to hold, I guess, like a press conference type deal and uh, give details about why this happened, what they did to fix it, um, what they're gonna do to do better moving forward. So if they do give that kind of transparency, I mean, I think that's good. Um, you know, maybe other developers can learn from what happened here. Um, you know, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see if they make, uh, you know, we'll see if they make good on their promise yeah it does show they're sorry and they've been pretty uh they've been pretty active on social media uh you know they've been really good about giving updates i will say that and uh they've been good about you know hey we're working on it we're sorry we're doing everything we can to give players the experience that they want um you know which is good um you know we've seen some companies that have issues at launch like this as i said earlier it, it happens all the time and uh you just get kind of radio silence and you just get a tweet you know every once a day or twice a day or whatever if that and they're just like hey we're working on it blah 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 whatever so i feel like they have done a good job of you know keeping people informed and as i mentioned if they go you know if they stay with this promise and uh, you know go back and talk about the details of what the issues were what they did to fix them i think that'll be a really good show of good faith um you know something else they could do is if they you know maybe give out some free skins or something like that that could go a wrong, long way to you know kind of easing people over kind of smoothing things over yeah so as i was telling everybody earlier i haven't to have the screen here, this is the first time I've fired it up. Yeah, V-Bucks. Ironically, we're going to talk about V-Bucks here in just a little bit. Um, so, 
another little piece of news about this I thought was interesting. I saw a uh, news article that Outriders outperforms Marvel's uh, Avengers. And um, I was like, huh. I mean, I know Avengers had a lot of tr- problems at launch, too. So I, I went ahead and opened up the article and read it. And they were talking about how on Saturday, which was yesterday, um, that on Steam, there were 116,000 concurrent players on Outriders at that time. And I was kind of like, okay, wait a minute. For the hype and the size of this game, I mean, it was one of the most, it's the, you know, I don't know if it's the most anticipated release of this year, but it's one of them, right? It's right up there with Resident Evil Village and uh, Back for Blood, I think. For there to be only 116,000 concurrents on Saturday, that shows you right there the level of issues that they were having and how it was affecting people. Because 116,000 players is not a lot. When you're talking about a brand new title with this much hype behind it. Um, really, really interesting. So I promised Zach, uh, before we move on here to my thoughts on the giant ape versus the giant lizard, a uh, little movie that came out, you might've heard anything, something about it. Uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I kind of read some of your tweets about that sack and, uh, I was like, man, he, he's kind of feeling the same way that I did. Uh, because I remember playing it being like, when is this game going to end? I mean, it just seemed like it just went on and it went on and it went on and it just wasn't, I don't, I, I, I never was really able to put my, uh, put my finger on it. Why it didn't just kind of grab me and, and, and feel interesting. I, I don't know what it was. Um, I mean, it had a good premise, right? I mean, it had a good, it had a good foundation. I mean, you know, the whole Viking culture and them coming to England and conquering England and all that. I mean, that's interesting, but I just, I don't know what it was. Um, for me, the, probably the most interesting part of the game was building out uh, your your village or settlement or, or whatever they called it. That was probably the most interesting part. And that really felt kind of stunted to me. I mean, it wasn't right, real, you know, like planning or like a SimCity type thing or something like that. It was just everything already had its pre-ordained spot. And uh, you just kind of, spent materials and voila here's this building i mean i think they could have done a little bit better on that and made it a little more interesting uh you know maybe something more along the lines of like a fallout 4 type base building thing that that would have made it a lot more interesting for me personally but um i just think for the lack of depth that the game had it just it was way too long uh like i said i remember playing it and just being like God, when is this going to be over? And I finished the main quest, and then I uh, finally tracked down the final person on the, you know, the assassination list or whatever the hell that screen is called. 
and I got all those people. And then it's like, what do I do now? Because there wasn't like a ending scene with like credits or whatever, but yet I couldn't find anything else to do. So I was just like, uh, okay, I've played this game, you know, repetitive, same, same stuff over and over to do this. I don't know, Spidey. I mean, there's no, you know, once you finish, like I said, you finish the main quest and you find all the people there are to assassinate or, or whatever you end up doing to them. There was like nothing else clear to do. And I was just like, uh, okay. The other thing about that game that kind of grinded my gears, I guess, was the voice acting was terrible. And I mean, let's face it, you know, in games, voice acting, especially a story-based game, voice acting is important, right? Um, a good voice actor can make or break a story-based game, I think. And especially the female Avor, man, I, I've seen pieces of wood with more emotion than the voice actor that did the voiceover for her. And the male Avor wasn't much better. Um, some of the NPCs were okay, but most of them weren't that great either. So anyway, that's my thought. I wanted to talk about Valhalla for a minute since uh, Sack brought it up. And like I said, I've been reading his tweets about it and been like, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the way I felt about it. So moving on, this is going to be a real spoiler alert. John Little was talking about spoilers a minute ago. This is going to be a real spoiler alert. Let's talk about Godzilla versus Kong. I thought it would be safe to talk about it because anybody that was interested in seeing it has probably already seen it at this point. Um, you know, of course, it's in theaters and it's also available on HBO, HBO Max. So I thought you've seen it, Spidey. Okay, who else has seen it? I thought we could go ahead and dive into it here. I watched it. I finished it yesterday. I started it uh, like Friday night. PyCon's like, not me. I'm not watching that. But I finished it yesterday. Um, I mean, it's a it's a giant monster fighting movie. Okay, so I wasn't expecting. Uh, sure, Spidey, go ahead. I wasn't expecting um, Gone with the Wind. Okay, um, I wasn't expecting you know, something that's going to win an Academy Award. But, you know, these new, this new Godzilla franchise movies, they've, they've been pretty good, you know. So, uh, and Kong, I, uh, Skull Island, you know, was, was the one with Samuel Jackson, it was pretty good. So I was thinking this was also going to be pretty good. And, and it was, I mean, for what it was, um, the action sequences were, you know, amazing. But, I mean, let's face it, at this, at this point, I don't think anybody's really impressed by CGI anymore. Um, but that was all well done, uh, especially their, 
you know, their big underwater fight scene, I thought was was really cool. Um, and their fight scene in downtown Hong Kong was also really neat. Uh, of course, I mean, all of that, you know, you kind of saw in the previews too. Which, I don't know, I, sometimes I kind of shy away from watching trailers and previews on movies just because they do give so much away uh, in the trailers, especially comedies I try not to do that on. Uh, the new Coming to America was kind of that way. Um, they showed, you know, most of the funny parts in the in the trailer. And then when I watched the movie, I was like, well, hell, I've seen all this already. Yeah, Spidey, I I agree with that. Um, I have in my notes here the human element, the human storyline of the of the movie was probably the biggest letdown for me. Um, I thought the you know the whole deal with Millie Bobby Brown's character, which is the girl from uh, Stranger Things Eleven. Uh, she's the actress that plays her. I thought that entire, you know, story arc with her was uh, pretty much unnecessary. What's up, Rugger? How are you, man? Happy Easter to you. I thought that her entire story arc was really kind of unnecessary um, and ridiculous that, you know, a, a teenage child, you know, is going to be able to get into a top secret government base. I mean, not a government base, but, uh, you know, government contractor weapons contractor base and, uh, get transported underground all the way to Hong Kong. I mean, that was, uh, just really, you know, I'm not going to say unrealistic cause we're talking about a giant, you know, a movie about giant monsters fighting each other, but it just kind of struck me as just too far, you know, too far out of the box for my liking. Um, the other thing that kind of struck me about, about the movie was they really kind of portrayed Kong as kind of weak. I thought, um, you know, there were three points in the movie where the humans had to intervene to save Kong. The tube technology, yeah, that, that was kind of, the whole hollow earth thing was kind of cool. Um, and I'll talk about that more in a minute, but yeah, I mean, there were, there were, like I said, there were three points where they had to intervene to save Kong, right? There was the initial battle out in the ocean, you know, underwater where Godzilla is. And like I said, I, I said, spoiler alert. So, you know, here we go. Um, you know, where Godzilla has him wrapped up and he's dragging Kong down, you know, into the depths and, you know, Godzilla can breathe underwater, Kong can't. And Kong is drowning, and he, you know, and uh, you see the bubbles coming up from his nose and mouth and all that shit. And uh, he's just dragging him down, dragging him down. And he's going to drown him, right? It's going to be over. I mean, movie's over right there, 30 minutes in. But the uh, the Navy, you know, the humans... Uh, you know, fire off depth charges and that irritates Godzilla enough to where he lets him go and Kong comes to the top, you know, and he lays down on that, you know, that, uh, that ship again. And, you know, Godzilla was going to come and finish him off, but, 
you know, the humans hadn't shut down, you know, all the engines on the ships and turned everything off and, you know, made Godzilla think that, you know, everything was over and Kong was dead and it was a done deal. Now, he would have come and finished him off because Kong was just laying there, you know, all whacked out. Um, the second one was when they got to uh, Hollow Earth. And, you know, Kong was trying to get to that central area where he finds the axe and, you know, all that stuff. And um, he got attacked by those winged you know, snake dragon looking deals. And that one big one, you know, wrapped him up and was constricting him and then put its wing over his face and he was going to smother him to death. And if the humans hadn't, you know, fired missiles from that vehicle, whatever the hell it was called, and uh, made it let go, Kong's dead right there. You know, that was the second time. Let me read Rugger's comment here. Yeah, I agree with that, Rugger. It just, they, you know, they build it more as it was going to be a fight, I guess, kind of between equals. And, you know, if you remember, you know, I know most of you are probably too young, but if you've ever seen the original King Kong versus Godzilla, um, <clears throat> they made a Japanese version and they made an American version. And in the Japanese version, Godzilla wins. In the American version, King Kong wins. And they were, you know, pretty much equal in power. So uh, maybe that kind of colored my opinion a little bit. Maybe that's maybe that's what I was thinking. You know, they were they were going to do here, or at least it would be more of a, uh, you know, even fight. You think? Yeah, they kind of made it seem like he was younger, Spidey, but. He did kind of have some gray hair on his face and head. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. It just, it was interesting. Flying, using his breath. Yeah. He old, guy says. He old. So, you know, Hollow Earth, like I said, that was a neat, a neat uh, element. I mean totally you know geologically impossible uh but uh still pretty cool um and then of course the third time where the humans had to intervene to save godzilla was during the hong kong battle and uh yeah of course godzilla had whipped his ass and he's laying there dying and they used that flying vehicle um you know kind of like uh God, what are those things called? Uh, electro paddles, you know, that they use like in hospitals to shock his heart back to life. Got his heart restarted. And, uh, you know, the only thing was missing that when the dude ran out of the ship, he didn't yell clear. You know, clear. That would have been kind of fun. That would have made me laugh if they had done that, but they didn't. So, you know, uh, he would have died right there as well if the humans didn't intervene. So, you know, that that I just kind of skipped over, you know, the most important point um they did say that there would be a clear winner and uh you know clearly godzilla was the winner right because in the battle in hong kong um you know he 
he beat Kong's ass pretty much. And, uh, you know, he was standing there with his foot on Kong's chest and, uh, that was it. You know, somebody could have counted to three. It was over. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Spidey, he would have came and finished him off, but, um, you know, that, that was, you know, that was it. Godzilla had won. And of course they showed the little girl crying and, uh, you know, the, the horse faced lady, you know, being sad too. And, uh, then they go and that's when they do the jump start and, uh, save him and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I was just kind of like the whole thing for me. Kong just seemed so weak and, uh, eh, that was a little bit disappointed for me. The other thing that they kind of did that portrayed Kong as weaker was that he had to have a weapon. Um, and I'm talking about the axe, of course. Um, I wish that they had gone a little bit more into explaining the origins of the axe. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's powered by that same blue radiation that powers Godzilla's fire breath, right? Um, made, it was made out of a Godzilla spine. Did they say that? I must have missed that because I didn't hear them say that it was made out of a Godzilla spine. It's kind of hinted. Okay, well, see, there you go. They should have done a little bit better... Uh, job of explaining the origins of that axe and why it's important and why it was such a big deal for Kong to find it and have it because it ends up playing a pretty, um, you know, big role, right? Um, you know, it's the only time where Kong gets the better of Godzilla when he kind of knocks him out with it and you know, kind of later on, without the axe, uh, Mecha Godzilla would have killed them both, right? Uh, because he chops off Mecha Godzilla's arms and legs, and you know he kind of looked like Jason in some of the Friday the Thirteenth game kills, just hacking off limbs, you know, and then rips his head off. But that just seemed like a um, you know a missed opportunity to kind of explain the lore a little bit more. Well, what they said, Solus, was that there was an ancient war between the Kongs and the Godzilla. And this is another thing that they didn't do the greatest job of explaining or fleshing out. But, um, and the ancient Kongs and the ancient Godzillas fought each other i guess in hollow earth and and on top of earth too i mean we don't really know we just kind of have to guess but there was a war between those two and i guess maybe the kongs won that because there was that whole kong throne thing and then the axe was there below it i mean i don't know there's just so much that they didn't explain to us yeah I, I do too Ruger. I just like I said I just wish they had done a little bit more to you know because I'm a big fan of lore right uh, whenever I'm playing a game I'm the guy I don't skip the cutscenes 
Um, I watch all the cutscenes. I try to read everything, you know, that goes along with it. Uh, you know, you can ask Solus if we're playing a, you know, a game, like even like Warzone, right? At the start of every new season, they have that story video. Solus is just like, oh, I don't care about this shit. And he's skipping past it. And I'm sitting there watching it. And he's like, why are you watching that shit? Come on, let's play. You know, and I, I'm just a huge fan of lore, right? And I just wanted to have more i guess they could have they could have taken away that whole millie bobby brown you know stupid storyline of hers and given us more about you know the axe how it was made what it's you know where it came from why it's significant yeah more depth exactly um more about the war um you know they could have maybe talked about you know they could, i mean they made up everything else right i mean hollow earth is fictional they could have said you know stonehenge is important because that was an ancient battleground of the kongs and the godzillas so you know early man erected this thing to honor the battle i mean they could have said anything right just to give us a little more lore and a little more to kind of dig into yeah exactly yeah, well, you know, it did take a long time for him to come on but and meet, but if you think about every Kong movie is really slow-moving, Spidey. I did erect it. I did. But I did not say erection. Um, like, you know, that original kind of King Kong story, right, in the... 1936 version i think it is either 1933 or 1936 the kind of stop motion claymation kong and then the 1977 version uh which is the one where he's on the world trade center climbing and then the peter jackson version um you know those are really slow moving i mean they're on the ship they go to the island they're walking around in the jungle and it takes what an hour, hour and a half before you even see Kong. I mean, those are so slow. And Kong, and Skull, I keep wanting to call it Kong Island, but Skull Island was kind of slow moving too. Um, that's just kind of how those movies go, you know, but the Godzilla movies are exactly the opposite. I mean, you know, you see, you know, opening scene Godzilla whacking something with his panoose. I mean, you know, right off the bat. Ready for Gigan? Yeah. I wish they hadn't already kind of blown their wad on Ghidorah because, uh, you know, he was kind of the ultimate villain in the old school, you know, Godzilla man in the suit movies. But they've already, you know, have him dead. And they've already blown their wad on Mecha Godzilla too, which was the other main big villain in those old school Toho Godzilla movies. So. I don't know, man. I mean, I did enjoy it. I'm not trying to say that, oh, it's terrible. Don't watch it. But I did enjoy it. Uh, Donkey Kong coming into the sequel? No, but uh, 500 foot tall Seattle destroying got Giant Little will be in the sequel. Mecha, that would be cool. That would really be cool. That is savage. That's totally savage. Now, one of the funnier... Uh, Twitter comments I read. 
that this guy commented on their Twitter and he said, uh, no Kong dong. My rating is zero out of 10. <laughs> so that really made me bust out. And I was like, yeah, I mean, he does like, he's like, I guess you can't really see a gorilla's wiener though. Can you? I mean, when I look at gorillas at the zoo, I don't see their wang hanging out. So maybe that's pretty much true to life. I don't know. You wanted to see a, some romance between Kong and Godzilla? Well, could have been. I mean, we're in 2021. Anything goes, right? Why not? A little bit of dancing there in the rubble of downtown Hong Kong. You know, Kong reaches up and rips up an entire flower store and hands it to Godzilla. You know, here, my love. It could have been kind of cool. Yeah, totally. And then they could have bathed together in the bay. It could have been really sweet. Could have been really, really sweet. So, once again, Godzilla, the clear winner, right? Um, you know, at the end... You know, or close to the end anyway, after they beat Mecha Godzilla, we see them kind of, you know, broke back kaiju. <laughs> that needs a quote right there. That needs to be quoted so bad. Um, we see them kind of face off against each other again, right? And it looks like they're about to fight again. Kong is Kong Kong is not about it, right? I mean, he's already had his ass whipped about ten times. So Kong's just like, oh shit. And he's got his axe, and you see him look at the axe, and it's not powered up anymore. So he he's not really wanting to fight. But Godzilla's over there, you know, with a big boner wanting to fight again. And he's getting all reared up. And then Kong just kind of drops the axe, and then Godzilla's like, okay. So just like it, Godzilla always does. You know, in every Godzilla movie ever, he gets in the water and he swims away. And then we see, you know, Kong. Um, no, you can't see Godzilla's dong. But um, we see the scene with Kong in, in Hollow Earth and they're still watching him and hanging out with him and all that, which, you know, I guess is kind of cool. So. You know, kind of like you guys were alluding to, where does the series go from here? Right? Um, what's next? I mean, are they going to bring Mecha Ghidorah in? Are they going to... I don't know. I mean, what's next? It's kind of interesting to see because, you know, it did make a lot of money. I saw today that uh, it made more money than any movie during the pandemic. I forget the number, but it, it was a lot. So... They made enough money where you know there's going to be uh, more. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, those characters next. All right, let's go move on to uh, a little bit of uh, industry news for you. And I saw something that really was, yeah, Kong does win round two. You're right. Really kind of interesting to me. Uh, let me get this screen up here. Let's see. 
Alright, let me oh get this over here. Oh, that's the wrong damn thing. Let me get this over here. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but uh, Razer has come out with RGB not get, not get. Chroma hair dye that you can control the colors with on your phone. I shit you not. I shit you not. Watch this. Getting any stream viewers? Getting ignored on TikTok? Not getting enough likes on Instagram? Time to glow up with the all-new Razor Rapunzel Chroma Hair Dye, a cutting-edge nanotech solution that transforms your hair from drab to fab. Engineered and infused with 1,337 active ingredients for hair that's energized, radiant, lush. All possible in just three easy steps. And that's not all. Synced up with Razor Chroma, the world's largest RGB platform, you can choose any of our iconic effects to make your hair truly shine. So get your hair in the game. Stand out. Turn heads. And glow up. Glow up. Glow up. Glow up with Razor Rapunzel Chroma Hair Dye. I don't think it was an April Fool's joke because this ad came out on March 31st. No, it was not. This is a real product. Don't give me that. This is a real product. I refuse to believe it was April Fool's. Here, let's check Razor's Twitter and see. Oh, damn. Okay, never mind. It does say April Fool's up there. Okay. Well, hell, they fooled old Jen, bastards. It didn't seem too far. It didn't seem too far out of the realm of possibility for me. I mean, I wasn't going to buy it or anything. Oh, okay. Maybe I was. Maybe I was going to buy it for my beard and have a super glow beard. Nanotech? Well, hell, I'm just an old man in Texas. I don't know what the hell a nanotech means. What the hell is nanotech? Is that those little machines? Yeah? Oh, okay. Whose ugly-ass face is that? Oh, Dan's gaming. Okay, sorry, Dan. Shit. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, so moving on. Um, I would, too, Rugger. I would. I have seen Infinity War, and don't get me started on Marvel and uh, Disney and how much I hate what they did with the Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity War stories because the original comic version from over 30 years ago is far superior, and I'll fight to the death on that. So something else that kind of caught my eye this week uh, did anybody see where the unsealed Super Mario Brothers Nintendo cartridge sold at auction for $660,000? Breaking the record set by the uh, 
Super Mario Brothers 3 game a few years ago that sold for around 250000 yeah, six hundred and sixty thousand dollars unsealed in the box. You think it's a bootleg? I don't know. They probably did more homework than I did on that Razor Chroma thing. Said it was found in a desk drawer. That's believable. It's a hundred percent believable. Unsealed copy, six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. That's just insane to me absolutely insane uh next thing that kind of caught my eye this week um and giant little may have a little bit to add on this the microsoft hololens which is now being used for military application that contract is moving forward it's a 22 billion dollar contract and the Microsoft HoloLens, which, which was originally um, designed, I guess, for people to use with Minecraft and other games like virtual reality, right? Well, it has a military comp uh, application now where it's going to be kind of like a heads-up display for soldiers in the field. Yeah, does it have blue light? Is it going to give them headaches? Um, kind of like if you've ever played games like... Uh, Ghost Recon, Future War, or you know any of the kind of more futuristic Call of Duties where the individual soldiers had you know the heads-up display and they could see each other's video feeds and you know that's kind of what this is supposed to do. And there is a group of employees within Microsoft called Microsoft Workers for Good that are very upset about this and apparently penned a letter to the Microsoft CEO uh, stating that they are very upset about this. Uh, they apparently this news released on uh, transgender uh, kindness day or awareness day, or I apologize for not knowing what it's called, but um, anyway, they were saying that Microsoft should be, working towards the goal of uh, supporting the transgender community instead of announcing that they're making weapons of war. So, uh, you know, interesting bit of technology, uh, you know, for myself, anything that gives our military and by our military, I say the, the U S sorry guy, um, an edge over other armed forces of the world. I'm all for it. Uh, anything that could possibly, you know, help preserve lives, I'm all for it. Uh, so I hope it works out. Um, and Microsoft Workers for Good can suck it, as far as I'm concerned. Um, last thing that kind of, uh, before we wrap up here, that I thought was really Interesting, because I really had no idea this was going on, but apparently it's been going on for some time. And that's that microtransactions and in-game currencies are being used by criminal organizations to launder money. Now, if you're not familiar with what money laundering is and how it works. 
Um, I'll give you a little bit better explanation than what they gave in office space where they had to look it up in a dictionary. And they said it is concealing the source of money by funneling it through an intermedium. And if you remember, um, you know, uh, Amir was like, that doesn't really help us, Michael. But uh, if you've seen Breaking Bad, and if you recall, Walter White, his wife had an idea to buy that car wash. And the reason they bought the car wash was to launder money. <laughs> totally giant little. And what they did was, of course, the car wash was a legitimate business. And there were real people coming in to get their car wash there and so on and so forth. But throughout the day, she would also ring up fake customers, you know, fake washes, and use, you know, the meth money from Walter's meth operation. And that would go into the cash register, and then it would be deposited into the car wash's account. So they were taking that money, you know, that was dirty from his meth business, running it through the car wash, and then it would be in an account, you know, clean they had a source where it came from and anything out of a really in-depth irs audit they were okay they wouldn't have been caught so people are and when i say people um it's not just you know regular joes i mean even like russian crime syndicates and other you know kind of substantial criminal organizations are doing this apparently and World of Warcraft and the gold system in there is one of the biggest places that it happens. Apparently, they will buy, if you go with the Worldcraft, a World, a World of Warcraft analogy, they will buy gold in World of Warcraft and then go to an online exchange website where they're able to exchange the gold that they paid for in World of Warcraft with dirty money, they're able to exchange it on these websites to another currency, you know, a real currency. It could be crypto or it could be, um, you know, ruples or whatever the case may be. You know, I'm sure you could do it with V-Bucks. Um, you know, I mean, I, I suppose you could go buy a bunch of those, you know, they have V-Bucks uh, gift cards now right? You could go buy a bunch of uh, V-Bucks with uh, V-Bucks cards with drug money and sell those on eBay or through Amazon. And, you know, you could launder money that way. Um, but apparently this is going on, you know, guy mentioned RuneScape just there. Uh, you know, that's another example that I read about. Um, EVE Online, is another game that this is happening in. Um, and apparently um, Blizzard has really been trying to crack down on this and shut down these currency exchange sites, you know, doing this with the gold on uh, World of Warcraft. There you go, Giant Little. You got to do it, buddy. You got to do it, man. All that money that you got out of uh, the bank vaults when you went through downtown Seattle and smashed the roof open and just grabbed the entire vault out when you were, uh, you know, in your giant form. Dinosaurs extinction? 
Well, they got hit by an asteroid. Things got cold. They starved to death. Pretty much the end. Pretty much the end. All right, guys. Well, that is going to uh, wrap things up for us tonight. I appreciate you all being here. Tomorrow, of course, uh, no show off on Mondays. And I'm going to opening day tomorrow. So I will be drinking beers and watching baseball. Be back Tuesday night. Um, probably, probably gonna be doing some Apex. No, not the Jays, the Rangers, PyCon, not the Jays, Blue Jays. Can't stand them. Can't stand them. So probably some Apex because I think it was a mistake to play Apex on a Saturday night. So, I think we will do uh, Apex on Tuesdays, uh, Warzone maybe Wednesdays, and uh, I don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer it out. Hey, what's up, Master Chang? Master Chang, the Apex Master. But um, I'm thinking, like I said, and I'm gonna do a video about this and post it. I think we're gonna move the talk show to either once or twice a week. So. I have time to, you know, come up with a really good selection of topics to talk about, like we had tonight. I think five days a week was too much, because um, putting the show together is a lot of work, right? It's not just like sitting down and playing a game. Um, you know, I've got to kind of have notes and kind of have things together to, you know, to talk about and kind of keep things moving. And and I don't. The last thing I want is for the show to turn into just a boring, you know, news type deal. That's the last thing I want. So, uh, hey, the RGB hair, I'm still down for it. I I'm going to come up with that myself. So uh, I'm going to figure it out. Like I said, we're going to do the talk show once or twice a week, and we'll do gaming the other nights, but uh, only Battle Royals. Um, Battle Royals are what I always enjoyed streaming the most. Um... I have fun playing Battle Royals. And I think our rotation is going to be PUBG, Apex, Warzone, Ring of Elysium. Until something new comes out in the Battle Royal genre. Um, Story-based games, I don't know. Those are harder to stream. Um, they are, PyCon, they are. I don't really see, like Outriders, I think I'll just play that offline, but... Uh, yeah, I think that's it. We're going to be a talk show and battle royal stream. The hybrid beast with two heads. So, anyway, you guys have a great rest of your Easter. And uh, I'm going to enjoy opening day tomorrow. And I will talk to you guys on uh, Tuesday. I will see you then.